Well, good morning, New Life Downtown. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. We're so glad that we can speak to you in this way. We're looking forward to the day, one day, please, Lord, when we can all gather together. I'm joined today by my, with, uh, by my wife, Holly, who is uh, the mother of our four children. Holly's an amazing mom. She homeschools our kids. And, uh, and she's also the pastor of Parenting Ministries at New Life Downtown. Many of you have had, uh, been in groups or classes with her and all that. And Holly, you, you were trained early on as a counselor. Of course, that's expressed in kind of pastoral ministry life at the church. But, but talk to us about this season that we're in right now and what many of us are experiencing. What are you hearing? Yeah, I'm so glad I've had the opportunity to talk to so many of you on FaceTime, on Zoom, emailing. It's been wonderful. I'm grateful for technology in this time. But what I'm hearing is that so many of you are having this sense of profound disruption in your lives. And especially for many of you parents, for you moms, you know, you might have had things outside of the home, like people to help babysit, or you might've had groups you're getting together with, or different work opportunities, or going to the gym, or whatever it is that you had in your life to have self-care, soul care Mm -hmm. rhythms. A lot of those things have been stripped away for many of us. I mean, some of us can't remember what day of the week it is, right? I mean, it just feels so disorienting, and and disruption and disorientation is great words. And we want to talk to you this morning about how to create some new rhythms, and we'd like to call this today Rhythms of Intentionality. How to create some rhythms in this season again where everything feels topsy-turvy and upside down and one of the one of the amazing things about church history is throughout the centuries actually christian communities developed rhythms of prayer rhythms of worship rhythms of serving uh, kind of structures to their day that ordered them and a lot of this took place in monastic communities and it's these monastic communities these monasteries that really help preserve uh, the christian faith as what we think of as Europe today, as those lands experienced, you know, plague and turmoil and social dis- disruption. And one monastery in particular, around the sixth century in Italy, um, led by St. Benedict, they developed something called the rule of St. Benedict. And one of the things that, that we kind of gain from that um, practice is something called the rule of life. Mm-hmm. And don't be intimidated by this word rule. I think sometimes when we think of rules, we think of, you know, dotting our I's, crossing our T's in school or checking boxes of things we have to do with safety, things like that. But really, when we're talking about rule here, um, it stems from this uh, word, a Latin word, which means an order or a structure. And another way to say it would be that it also is related to a Greek word called trellis. Mm. And some of you are probably, if you're gardeners, Mm. you're familiar with a trellis. If you've ever been to a vineyard, Mm. you've seen Mm. one. So when grapes grow on a grapevine, they come up out of the ground and they quickly want to grab onto whatever Whatever. is around them. So um, in vineyards, these farmers and growers of grapes will build trellises and they have pieces of them made of wood or metal that grow upward and that grow across for mm. the grapes to grow onto. And I think as us as humans, we're, we're similar to grapevines in that we wanna have something to grab yes. onto, right? Yes. We want something to give us security and stability, especially in times like we're in right now. It's a great image. Trellis is a great image. And so maybe one way to think of a rhythm of intentionality or a rule of life is that it is a set of structures or practices that help us to abide in Christ. So that abiding imagery connected to that vine and vineyard imagery. But there's several ways of thinking about this. Yeah, another way to say it is that a rhythm of intentionality or rule of life is an intentional plan to keep God at the center of everything that we do. 
And I think this is so important because when we think of worshiping the Lord, it's not just worship on Sunday or in a service or singing songs in our car or something that we might think of as, as really spiritual. But really, we want to keep God at the center of everything we do, whether that's mundane things like doing the dishes or doing yard work or laundry or driving people places or things like that, that we can really worship God with all these parts of our life. So this, these rhythms of intentionality is a way to do that. Yeah, and it's different. You know, it's different than a set of goals. I mean, I think it's easy to sort of think of to-do lists and goals, but again, we're calling this a rhythm of intentionality because it's more about habits than it is about goals. It's more about practices than it is about productivity. So again, another layer, and these are not separate things, but just different ways of understanding it. Another layer uh, could be to think of a rhythm of intentionality or a rule of life as a call to order our life in order to love the Lord and, and, and love others well. Uh, Matthew 22, in, in, in Matthew's gospel, Jesus says, love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And this is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. So these are practices that help you like Holly was saying, center on God and, and maybe to say it more specifically to love God and uh, to love others. I think this is, this is what all of life is about, right? Mm -hmm. Loving God and loving others. And so I love thinking about that scripture mm -hmm. and really meditating on that, something that we talk about in our family a lot and I talk about in the groups that I'm doing. Um, so, but so as we get into talking about uh, yeah. these rhythms of intentionality, begin? let's let. There's a few questions I think we could actually we could pray to the mm -hmm. Lord before we start listing off. Oh, yeah. These are all the ways I want to be intentional, or you know, or maybe you're already thinking about these are the ways that I I am being really intentional in life already. So here's a few questions that you could ask the Lord. So first you could pray, Lord, what areas do I need to grow in? And you can think about it for this season right now. I, I would bet if you're anything like us that, you know, you, a couple months ago, life looked really different yes. than it does for you yeah. right now. And probably in six months, life is going to look extremely different. And I'm sure it's tempting for you to answer the question for me, what areas does Glenn need to grow in? But don't do this for your spouse or for your roommates. <laughs> Pray this before the Lord. What areas do I need to grow in? That's a great prayer. What else? What else? So secondly, you could ask yourself, or pray to the Lord, Lord, what season of life am I in right now? We're all in such different seasons. We really want to pray and ask the Lord, what do you have for me right now? Help me to see my life accurately. We don't want to look to the right or to the left, but God, show me what my puzzle is. It probably looks really different than people around me. Or for some of you, maybe you're in a crisis season of yes. life. Maybe yes. you've recently gone through a divorce and you're parenting kids now as a single parent. Or for many of you, if you own a small business in our community, life is really different. Finances are difficult, right. trying to pay your employees. You know, all those things affect us mentally, physically, right. emotionally. So it's helpful to think about that right now. And then, Well, it's great. I just want to jump in on that. I mean, I think, I think for, for many of us, it, it is so important that we're talking about this a question in a way that is specific to this season. Mm -hmm. Because every season has limitations and every season has invitations. Uh, things that we need to be honest about to say, Lord, I can't quite do this in this season right now. But there's also invitations. So in the middle of a crisis, in the middle of, so is, is there an invitation to maybe uh, grow in your trust and dependence of the Lord or, or what else? Yeah. And then thirdly, Lord, what season of life, or sorry, Lord, what daily, weekly, monthly rhythms do you have for me in this season? And so as we've talked about, you might already be thinking of things, you know, I do have a daily prayer time or maybe 
you felt like this is a season for wholeness and wellness and I need to work on becoming more physically active and exercise or whatever that might be. So what kind of daily, weekly, monthly rhythms do you have for me right now? It's really good. That's really good. And so now, okay, so the, the, if you got my email, if you're, you know, on the, you're on the New Life Downtown uh, email list, you've got this handout uh, that explains the rule of life and it gives you those four quadrants. You can get that out. Maybe you, you, you didn't realize you needed it or you forgot to print it out. It's totally fine. You can grab any piece of paper, uh, draw some lines in it that make a quadrant, and we're going to talk you through this. And actually, there's several versions of this. I mean, we've read a few books on this. There was a, a book that came out several years ago called God in My Everything by Ken Shigematsu. Uh, Steve Machia has a book about crafting a rule of life. Uh, but the version we're going to use comes from Pete Scazzaro's book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, which so many of you I know have been through the courses uh, with Sarah and, and you're familiar with it. But others of you are not. So this is just a, a chance for you to say, oh, yeah, rule of life or rhythms of intentionality. How can we do that in this season? How, we might need to redraw everything. I mean, all of us are kind of reinventing the game plan here, pivoting to new uh, strategies at work and at home. And so this is a way to kind of put it all together uh, for the reasons that we've said. So talk to us about these boxes here. What's the first okay, one? So the first one and you, you can label in your left um, upper corner if you'd like to. It's called prayer. And what we mean here when we say prayer is rhythms of prayer and devotion. So kind of prayer in the biggest sense of how we could see it. Um, there's different practices that we could put in this box. So one that I comes to mind for me would be silence. And being a parent of lots of kids running around in and, or in and out of the house, it's a bit challenging to find silence, as you might imagine. So for me, it looks like getting up really early in the morning, coming down, getting some tea, lighting a candle, looking out the window, and setting my timer even sometimes for like three or five minutes. I'm going to set this timer and just sit. And really, it's about communing with the Lord. It's about relationship with the Lord and having the space to really listen without the distractions of life. And sometimes I'll picture something so I don't get distracted. Otherwise, my mind starts, as soon as there's silence, my mind will start going like a hamster wheel and right. I'll start thinking of all these things to do. And so sometimes it helps me to kind of have a visual in my mind of sitting in a peaceful place, of Jesus sitting beside me, listening. Like, what would, if I were sitting with Jesus right now, what would he be saying yeah. to me? I think it's admirable. I mean, you, Holly gets up earlier than I do. So you're downstairs at 5.30, you're candle lit and all you know, all monastic like in our home and I'm hitting the snooze button for the fifth time. But you do what you have to do to find that space. Another part of your rhythm of prayer and devotion could be Bible reading, scripture. And there's many ways of doing this. Look, you can, you can read a chapter a day. We've been reading through the New Testament individually. Um, but there's also, there's ways of reading the Bible that are kind of an immersive approach where you're just gonna, you're gonna read large chunks. As some of you at New Life Downtown, you've done the Immerse Bible reading plan where you read the whole New Testament in like eight weeks. And the Immerse Bible is a wonderful uh, tool where they've taken out chapters and verses and they've grouped different books of the Bible together like Luke and Acts or John's Gospel and then John's Letters. And it's just a great way to kind of soak in a, a section of the New Testament. Or you, you, you could read uh, the Bible slowly and methodically and use a study Bible or some, some simple commentaries or Bible studies or whatever. Uh, the Bible Project has incredible videos for each book of the Bible. The Bible Project has a great podcast. I mean, we live in an age where there are so many resources and apps. Uh, the goal really is to just pick one or two and, and yeah. to kind of simplify them. So uh, what, what else? And that's good, Glenn, to bring that up, I think, just picking one or two things because the first time I tried to do this, creating this rule, I had 
I don't yeah, know. Ten, ten, ten things, things on each, in each yeah. box yeah. and yeah. was really optimistic about yeah. all that I could get done. Really became more achievement and goal oriented yeah. about it, which is really missing the point. And so as you're thinking through, oh, these are already the rhythms I have. If you're going to add things, maybe add one or two per box at the That's very good. most, just so that you feel like this, this really is achievable in this, in this season. Um, so as far as another practice for prayer would actually be prayer in a more precise, <laughs> to say it in a more precise way. Um, I, although I really, like I said earlier, I really believe we can pray and worship with our lives and God sees all of those things that we're doing to love and serve others. But as we see Jesus in the New Testament, you know, going off to pray, we see that that's a regular, pra- a regular yeah. practice for him to go away from the busyness of, of the world and to pray. So maybe you know, figuring out what is the best space for you to have a practice of prayer. That's so good. Okay, next box. The next, next box. box is rest. And what we mean here is rhythms of rest and renewal. So a couple ideas for this area of your life. I think the first one that comes to mind for me would be Sabbath. And this is one that I would say, I would encourage all of us to find a way to have Sabbath in our lives. There's so much throughout scripture about Sabbath and taking this time away from our paid and our unpaid work to stop and rest in the Lord is so important. And I know that it's, it's difficult. Yeah, it's it's, and we've been practicing this on and off really for about 10 on, years. On and off is the right uh, phrase. <laughs> we've had quote unquote success with it <laughs> in the sense that we felt like okay, we're getting in a good rhythm. We found a way to stop our paid and unpaid work and practice rest and play and in the Lord. I think for me, one of the most meaningful parts of practicing Sabbath has been it's a chance for me to live fully in my identity Mm. in the Lord as a daughter of Christ, to Mm. say I'm not working for him or striving, trying to accomplish things for him, which is a good thing. We, sure. Of course, God's called us to serve and bear fruit, but there's also something about just stopping and resting and knowing that I am deeply loved for who I am, for how God's so created good. me to be without any of that. And there's few opportunities That's to really remind ourselves of that. And so right. Sabbath is a great one. It's, it's so huge that you said that too, that Sabbath is not just about stopping. It's not just taking a day off. It's much, it's much more than that. It's about trusting the Creator. It's about delighting in His delight uh, in you. And so as much as you can do that, and it relates to kind of one other piece about rest and renewal, it, it, the idea of play. Um, I, I think what happens as we get older is we kind of think, well, I got to do some serious stuff. And even our rest and renewal is really more work. And, and I, I think it's, you might, I might encourage you to, to find one or two things as part of your weekly rhythm that you say, this one is just for play. This is just for, for fun, uh, to be childlike, uh, with childlike wonder in God's good world. Um, so for, for, uh, for me, uh, my son, our, our 10-year-old son, um, he and I have been playing FIFA 18. It's a soccer video game, and we, we limit the number of times we play, and we limit the days of the week that we do play. But it's super fun, and it's, it, for me, it's like, oh, when do I ever stop and play uh, a video game? But we're on a team together, we're doing a tournament, and we're doing quite well. Okay, and next I box. I think having uh, young children actually is really helpful in reminding us of the importance of that. Our youngest, Jane, is often, true. she's kind of our... Play, the play, most playful person in our house. She's always saying, Mom, come play this with me. Play a game. So she really brings a lot of life and joy. Okay, the next one. Okay, next one is work. And this, what we mean by this is rhythms of mission and service. 
And so for, for most of us, you know, we ha might have a core part of our day where we're giving our resources, our time, our talents to something, whether that's paid or unpaid. For some of you, you're you know, in a career. For others of you, you're at home with children, whether that's a mom or a dad, or some of you are paid caregivers. Whatever it is, I would just encourage you to even ask the Lord, Lord, is, is what I'm doing, is what the gifts that you've given me, the strengths that you've given me with my personality, is this what you called me to do in this season? And um, I think sometimes we can just keep going in yeah. life and yeah. just do whatever we have to do. And sometimes you might sense that the Lord's saying that, like, Lord, maybe you're saying to me, this isn't yeah. ideal, but just, just keep going. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not like your dream job, but it is the work that he's given you to do. This, this is the, one of the areas in the rule of life, a rhythm of intentionality, where I think we easily kind of bracket God out. So it's easy to sort of think about everything we were saying at the beginning, like this is about loving God and loving others. It's easy to connect that when you're talking about prayer or Sabbath or Bible reading. You're like, oh yes, it's so holy. But work, we kind of think of as secular, as this other kind of area. It's not holy or it's not spiritual. And, and I want us to, to remember that actually the first commission that God gave Adam and Eve in the garden was to work. The call to work is a pre-fall calling. Uh, we're made in God's image so that we can reflect His wisdom, His love, His order uh, into the world. We're supposed to cultivate, we're supposed to make something of the world. So it's good and right to offer our work to God in prayer. And, and so you can reflect on that to say, Lord, what particular aspect of my work, again, paid or unpaid, whether that's in the home, maybe some of you are, are retired and you don't find yourself with an official job. Again, say, Lord, what is the purpose you have for me? What is the mission you're calling me to? How can my uh, talents and experience and relationships and gifts, how can all of those things be put in your service uh, to kind of benefit others? Okay, the last one. Okay, last one. Uh, this is relationships. So what we're talking about here is rhythms of connection and care. And so we might think about our family. So for some of you parents having kids at home, maybe a lot more than you've ever had them at home, or maybe it feels more like summer already. Um, we could be kind of praying to the Lord and asking, Lord, is there a specific child that I really need to focus more on? Or how can I become a student of this particular child in this season? How can I really see this child or pray for this child or spend a little extra time maybe going on a walk or doing a drive-by date or with yeah, you know, getting yeah. coffee and driving around or whatever creative things we can come up with. Or for some of you, you have parents that live in another state and you've kind of had the sense for a while like that the Lord's saying, you know, maybe I should set up a, a, a time to call them every week and be consistent with that. I think, at least for me, for my relationships, if I'm not intentional about putting some things on the calendar, however regularly that yeah. is, oftentimes those relationships, they just, they don't stay and as healthy as in a place as they could be. And whether or not you, you, you know, you have a family or whether or not you're married or you have kids, all of us need all kinds of relationships. Yeah. The church is called a household. It's compared to God's family, uh, God's household. So think about the different kinds of relationships in your life. Uh, maybe some of you realize, wait a minute, I don't have any spiritual moms and dads in my life. And I need to, I need to, I want to form an intentional rhythm of connecting with, with a mentor or, or a sage. And maybe others of you are thinking, I don't have any spiritual sons and daughters. I know that can be kind of a weird term, but, but listen, for some of you, your, your kids are grown, they're out of the home, or maybe uh, you, you don't have biological kids. That doesn't mean that the 
the call to invest or to mother or nurture or, or uh, invest in someone else, mentor someone else uh, doesn't exist for you. It's, it exists for all of us. So think about the sages you could pursue. Think about the people you could invest in. And then think about the friends or the peers. Uh, I know for me, when, when we first started doing the rule of life uh, several years ago, it was one of the glaring kind of gaps in my life as I realized, I don't ever feel like I deserve or should have regular time with friends in my schedule. I thought I, I need to be at everyone else's uh, disposal all the time, but, but I'm a human being. We all need uh, relationships of mutuality and care. And so, but relationships like things that we plant don't happen naturally. They don't grow naturally. You have to intentionally cultivate it. So put something down uh, on the calendar about that. Okay, why don't you show an example of your kind of uh, rule of life here. So here's my rule of life for this year, and I won't go into it extensively <laughs> for sake of time. I'll just kind of point out a few things. So in prayer, I have some of the things that I mentioned earlier, like mm. taking some time for silence. I use an app by Pete Gregg, who mm. we've had visit at New Life Downtown mm. many times. Um, it's an app called Lectio 365, and it kind of takes you through some silence and reflective prayers and questions. I'll do that sometimes. Read a portion of the Bible consistently throughout the week. Um, pray a prayer called the Examine, which is basically just a reflective prayer. And you could search that if you're interested sure, in finding out more sure. about the Examine. And then being intentional about praying for our kids before yeah, bed. I love that. Every night. I love that. I mean, there's so many great things on here. Uh, time with the kids one-on-one. -on -one. A weekly date with Glenn, that's nice. We should try to find a way to do that uh, in Corona season. Yes. <laughs> but look, the, here's the point. You're going you're gonna to have to find your own rhythms that work. And like Holly said, I thought this is a really important point to highlight. Don't have these impossible standards. Or we're going to do 10 different things in each box. Or you might do one. Uh, but the goal is to sort of begin. And to begin by saying, God, we want our lives to be lived on purpose. We want our lives to be lived intentionally. And add this to your calendar, because if it doesn't, if it's not in your phone, or if it's not in your calendar, it's not going to happen. So even your time with God, put it, build it into your regular schedule. Again, that's where we're calling it a rhythm of intentionality. Yeah, most of these things for me, I have reminders. I have them in my, you know, scheduled in my phone. Even even the you know morning and nightly kinds of things. It's really really helpful. Yeah, I want to end with the scripture this morning from John 15. Jesus says. I am the true vine and my father is the vineyard keeper. He removes any of my branches that don't produce fruit and he trims any branch that produces fruit so that it will produce even more fruit. Remain in me, verse four, and I will remain in you. A branch can't produce fruit by itself but must remain in the vine. Likewise, you can't produce fruit unless you remain in me. Listen, Jesus goes on to underscore the point. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, then, only then will you produce much fruit. Without me, you can't do anything. You know, maybe you've been listening to us talk and you kind of think, yeah, that's nice, but we're not even close to that. We can't do it. Maybe you're feeling exhausted. Uh, many of you moms in particular, you're taking on extra responsibilities maybe during this time. And so this Mother's Day is the most unusual Mother's Day you've ever had. And you're feeling like, for goodness sake, can't this all end? And this whole message this morning is not meant to put another yoke on you and to say, no, here's more to do. Here's another way to measure up. No, this is an invitation to draw near to Jesus. Jesus is the one who said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. How? By saying, look, I am the one that helps you produce fruit. At the end of the day, the power is not in these practices. The power is not in this rhythm of intentionality. The power
followers in Jesus. It's Jesus who does this. And so as we abide in Jesus, he will produce fruit in us for his glory and for the sake of the world. And so this morning, we're going to end with the central practice that Christians have done since the very beginning, the practice of coming to the Lord's table. Come to the Lord's table with empty hands. We come to the Lord's table freely confessing our sins, uh, freely admitting that we have not loved the Lord. So Holly, would you lead us in this prayer confession uh, this morning as we come? Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry, and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Now, wherever you are, if you would, just kind of open up your hands like this. Receive again the forgiveness of the Lord. Ah, Jesus, thank you that all of our sins are forgiven in Jesus' name. Thank you that, like Holly was saying, we don't need to prove anything to you. We can just be your beloved sons and daughters. We are deeply and dearly loved. And you invite us into these uh, unforced rhythms of grace, as the message paraphrase says it. So, Lord, be with my friends, be with my brothers, my sisters this morning as we receive this. So if you have with you nearby some crackers, some juice, whatever you have, we've used all kinds of, um, well, I mean, I didn't want to say all the things, we, but we've used some very unconventional things in our home. But uh, let's offer it. So it, it, it is a picture, though. Someone said this is a picture of how we just offer to God what we have, and he takes it. He indeed does. And so on the night that our Lord Jesus was handed over to suffering and death, he took bread. And when he had blessed it, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples. And he said, take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Whenever you do this, do this for the remembrance of me. And after supper, Jesus took the cup of wine. And when he had given thanks to the Father, he gave it to his disciples. And he said, drink this, all of you. This is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. And so let's receive now together the gifts of God given for us, the people. I want to welcome you now to just lift up your thanksgiving to the Lord, wherever you are. Just begin to say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for your grace. Thank you that you are offering us grace, even in this season of disruption. You're inviting us to a new way to live, a, a light and easy yoke, unforced rhythms of grace, rhythms of intentionality where we can abide in you. Thank you that it is you who are the vine. We are the branches. Thank you, Jesus. Come, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, friends, we're so glad you've been able to join us today. Uh, we, we love you all so much. We miss you dearly. Uh, do continue to follow along on our New Life Downtown Facebook page or New Life Downtown YouTube channel. In fact, all of the previous sermons from the last several years are up there on our YouTube channel. Easy way to find it. Um, be part of our New Life Downtown Congregation Facebook group. Uh, there's stuff that happens in there. In fact, one of the things we talked about, about morning prayer, we do morning prayer every weekday through the Psalms at 8 a.m. in our downtown Facebook group. 
Uh, so be sure to join that. And then, of course, every Wednesday night here uh, at any of the New Life websites or, or social media pages for an hour of worship and prayer. God bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord watch over you. The Lord turn toward you, be gracious to you, and grant you peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.